Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 45. Honoring our men and women in blue, suspect wanted in shooting of deputy killed, second man arrested after shooting of broken arrow police officer and inmate attacks seven deputies at Denver Downtown Detention Center. From the Daily Journal Online, U.S. Sen, Roy Blunt reports, every May, thousands of law enforcement officers make their way to Washington. D.C. For National Police Week, it's an opportunity to spend time with our men and women in blue and to say thank you to them and their families, but due to the challenges of the coronavirus, this year's Police Week was held virtually, I wish I could have visited with them in person, but I know the communities they serve are grateful, as I am, for all they do every day, and especially during this pandemic. One of the most somber and moving Police Week traditions is the candlelight vigil held at the Law Enforcement Officers Memorial. More than 30,000 officers, family members, and Americans gather at the memorial to hear the names of officers who lost their lives, and to bear witness to their service. Sadly, three of Missouri's finest were among the 307 heroes who were memorialized at the 32nd Annual Candlelight Vigil this year, Lakeshore Chief of Police Wayne Neidenberg. North County Police Cooperative Officer Michael Langsdorf, and Springfield Police Officer Christopher Walsh, they will join the more than 20,000 officers whose names are inscribed on the walls of the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial. Police Week is exactly the time for us to think about these officers and their families and to be inspired to acts of service in their memory. It's also a time for lawmakers to make sure we're doing our part to support these brave men and women. As co-chair of the Bipartisan Senate Law Enforcement Caucus, I advocate for legislation that supports the efforts of our men and women in blue. I sponsored the National Law Enforcement Museum Commemorative Coin Act, which became law this year. The proceeds from the sale of coins minted under this law will go to education and outreach about the service and sacrifice of law enforcement officers throughout our country's history. Police officers face stressful and dangerous situations every day. That can take a tremendous toll on their mental health and, in too many cases, lead them to take their own lives. Last year, according to estimates by a nonprofit that tracks police suicides, more officers lost their lives to suicide than all other line of duty deaths combined. A major challenge to preventing further tragedies is that there is no comprehensive government effort to track suicides and attempted suicides in law enforcement like there is for a line of duty deaths. I co-sponsored bipartisan legislation, which has just passed the Senate, to require the FBI to collect voluntary, anonymous data on police suicides and attempted suicides, which will help inform policy solutions so that law enforcement suicides can be prevented. When our brave men and women in law enforcement are in a dangerous situation, it's critical that they are well trained and have the best equipment available. I've co-sponsored legislation and supported grant programs that help police departments purchase equipment, conduct training, and hire personnel. Federal programs have helped police departments in Missouri acquire a wide range of equipment, from laptops to protective gear. As a member of the Senate Appropriations Committee and co-chair of the Senate Law Enforcement Caucus, I'll continue working to ensure the federal government does its part to support the men and women who work tirelessly to keep our families and communities safe. When duty calls, they put themselves in harm's way without hesitation. That's never been truer than it is today as our nation responds to this pandemic. It takes a special bravery and commitment from their families as well, and we thank all of them for that. We would not be the nation we are without them.
From Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Channel 8 reports, the suspect sought by the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office for shooting a deputy Sunday morning has been fatally shot, according to Sheriff Sid Gotro. The suspect was identified as Bernard Ledlow, 39, Gotro said the deputy was grazed on his side by the suspect's gunfire and has been released from the hospital, the deputy's name was not released, there was a confrontation when the deputies found him in the woods, according to Gotro, he added there was an officer safety bulletin put out on the suspect through the Ascension Parish Sheriff's Office earlier in the year and he does have an extensive criminal history. East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office is handling the investigation, officials said they searched a wooded area off Hushutu Road at Kendallwood Road near the Amit River for several hours for an armed gunman who shot a deputy during a chase, the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office reported the incident began a little after 7 a.m., when a deputy tried to make a traffic stop on a Chevrolet Suburban at Airline Highway and Picu Lane because the driver appeared to be falling asleep while behind the wheel and swerving in the road, the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office added the driver refused to stop and the deputy followed the vehicle to Hushutu Road and during the slow-speed pursuit, the suspect fired at the deputy through the back windshield of the SUV before crashing at the end of Kendallwood Road around 7.30 a.m., Right in that area is when the suspect fired out of the back window at the pursuing vehicles in an attempt to stop them. He also fired at our deputy who was standing there that was deploying the spike strip, said Sheriff Gotro. The sheriff says deputies then chased Ledlow down Kendallwood Road around 7.30, where he crashed the Chevrolet Suburban he was driving, then shots were fired again. Ledlow got out of his truck with an assault rifle and engaged two of the deputies. One of the deputies was struck in his side. But thank God he was okay, said Sheriff Gotro. According to East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office, the suspect fired more shots and ran into the woods. Deputies set up a perimeter in the area and searched by air, water, and ground. Homes along the perimeter of the search area were evacuated for safety and those families have been allowed back home. Well I knew it was something serious when I saw the three policemen out in the front yard, shooting that way just to the left of my house where the guy had evidently wrecked his car or whatever back there, said one neighbor who didn't want to be identified, deputies had to evacuate neighbors like one woman who said she went to a nearby church, made us all leave, everybody in the house, and the lady next door, she came with us, she said, we were not going to leave for the safety of the people in the area, Gotro said, we are very relieved that the suspect is no longer a threat to the people who live back in that area. Mayor Sharon Weston Broom issued a statement about the shooting later in the afternoon. This morning our East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's deputies and assisting agencies showed bravery in the face of extreme danger, she said. A simple traffic stop escalated into reckless violence. I'm glad to hear the injured deputy has been released from the hospital. Please pray for a quick recovery. Louisiana State Police, The Street, George Fire Department, Constable's Office, U.S. Marshals. Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office, Ascension Parish Sheriff's Office, and Department of Corrections K-9 units all assisted in the search, we did find him in the woods, there was a confrontation and I can tell you the suspect is deceased, and none of the deputies or the officers that were there during that confrontation were injured, said Sheriff Gotro. He also mentioned that the Ascension Parish Sheriff's Office had put out an officer safety bulletin on the suspect earlier this year and he did have a pretty extensive criminal history, someone who's threatened law enforcement possibly or whatever, or is a big threat to the community, 
they'll put out a be on the lookout which goes to all the agencies, letting us know who this suspect is, and that he or she is considered armed or dangerous, said Gotro. From Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, Tulsa World reports that Broken Arrow police have arrested a second person in connection with a domestic altercation that resulted in the shooting of a police officer. Officers arrested Hayden Payne on allegations of shooting with intent to kill. Broken Arrow officer Chris Walker said that Payne was arrested Monday morning at a residence in Cleveland, Oklahoma. Police were dispatched Sunday afternoon to the 2600 block of West Galveston Street in Broken Arrow in reference to a domestic disturbance with a firearm, according to a news release and court documents. A resident at the location reportedly had sought a protective order against Payne. He had not been served prior to the shooting, Walker said. Payne allegedly came to the residence on Sunday afternoon. A confrontation between Dean Clayton Black, 58, and Payne ensued outside the residence. Black is related to the plaintiff who sought the protective order, Walker said. Payne allegedly shot at Black, who retreated inside the residence. Police said Sunday that Payne fled the residence prior on police arrival. The first responding officer arrived and attempted to contact the residents. According to a probable cause affidavit, the front door was closed so officers knocked on the door and stepped back for cover, police state in the affidavit. When the officer was stepping back, he was struck in the arm by a bullet that was fired from inside the residence. Broken Arrow police officials identified the injured officer as Cody Stanton, who has been with the department for about two years. Stanton remained hospitalized Monday but is expected to make a full recovery, Walker said, Our community has been overwhelmingly supportive in the trying time, and we all come together to wish him a complete recovery, Walker states in a news release, the residents, including Black, surrendered to police when additional officers arrived, according to the affidavit, Black allegedly said he fired his firearm from inside the residence, through the course of the investigation. It was determined that Black fired several rounds through the closed front door, at an unconfirmed target with a disregard for the safety to others, police state in the affidavit, Broken Arrow police arrested Black on Sunday on a complaint of assault and battery with a deadly weapon, according to jail records, he was being held in lieu of a $30,000 bond, on Monday morning, Payne was being held in the Broken Arrow Municipal Jail. From Denver, Colorado Channel 4 reports seven Denver sheriff's deputies were attacked by an inmate at the Denver Downtown Detention Center over the weekend, a spokesperson for the Denver Sheriff Department said it happened early Saturday morning in the intake area, all seven deputies and the inmate were examined at Denver Health afterward, the inmate is in custody and being held on investigation for assault of a police officer, the department confirmed, Michael Britton, the vice president of the Denver Sheriff's Fraternal Order of Police spoke on behalf of some of the deputies involved, he described the inmate as very agitated. They were trying to take him to an observation cell, during this escort, the individual ended up turning and hitting one of the officers and trying to run out of intake, and in order to prevent the escape several officers ended up responding, said Britton, the inmate made several aggressive punches on the officers, kicked the officers, and seven of the officers, at the end of this melee, ended up having to go to the hospital, Britton shared several pictures that he said showed one of the deputy's injuries, which included bruising near the bicep, he also said several deputies suffered head and knee injuries, according to Britton, attacks like Saturday's are one of several things bringing down deputies' morale, 
he described other safety concerns related to the current COVID-19 outbreak at the detention center, as well as frustrations with the slow process to hire a new sheriff. Former Sheriff Patrick Furman, who was appointed in 2015, resigned from his position in October and was replaced by interim Sheriff Fran Gomez. The officers have no one to lead them right now and what you have is chaos going on inside that jail, Britain described. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.